I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Thanks for being here, and as always, I hope these words are a blessing to you. So today's topic is parenting and delighting in our kids. It's such a weird thing to talk about parenting, but so important, obviously. Raising our kids is maybe the most important thing that we'll do here on earth, and I'm not a parenting expert at all. I only have two kids, and I've been a mom for four and a half years, and I'm still learning as I go. But these type of conversations help me, and that's why I'm sharing it with you. Believe me, I know, I know I get things wrong all the time. And that's why I'm always listening to stuff like this, learning from people on podcasts and books and Instagram and mentors and friends and God, praying about it all. So those are my recommendations for you too. Be learning, but ultimately following what you have peace about and knowing that your peace comes from God if you've been in prayer about something. And I 100% think we should be praying to God to help us in our parenting and lead us in our decisions as parents. But I just want to help everyone who listens to this podcast to love being a mom a little bit more each time they listen. And I want to help your kids have moms who love being moms. So I really just hope this is a blessing to you. So to begin, we can talk about how do we view parenting. We are stewards of our children. We teach them and love them as an act of worship to our creator. We model things for them that Jesus modeled for us. That makes it so much easier to think about it that way, right? I mean, I know parenting isn't easy. My husband actually says, I think being a parent itself isn't that hard, but being a good parent is hard. And I agree with him. The good kind of hard, right? It's not easy. But we can take everything back to what would Jesus do, like those old bracelets. So I think delighting in our kids is part of the equation. We aren't just like only the rule enforcers of the family. We get to have a relationship with our kids. I was thinking about this for this episode, and it made me think about even palm coaches I had growing up. One particular coach comes to mind that my friends and I just adored. Everything she did, we wanted to copy her. We worked so hard for her, and we actually won first overall at the national competition that year. And a lot of that had to do with our coach. We wanted to work hard for her because we admired her. She was kind to us. She led a Bible study for us. She told us about her life. She did more than she had to as a coach. We felt safe with her, but also challenged. She had high expectations for us, and we wanted to meet and exceed them. Then there were coaches that just loved to exert their power, you know, like giving unreasonable punishments or impossible expectations, things that didn't work. Maybe we did what they wanted us to do just to get them to move on, but we weren't giving it our best for them, and we for sure weren't letting them win our hearts. 
From what I've learned so far, parenting is kind of like that. Jesus was like that. He didn't just walk around telling everyone what to do. He was serving, eating with people, using parables that people could understand, meeting people on their level, meeting people right where they were, leading by example, the perfect example. Wasn't that the whole goal of Jesus coming here to earth to show us what to do and pay the price for our sins? I mean, God could have just told us what to do, and that's what he did do before Jesus. But Jesus changed it, and because of him, we learned about grace and mercy. And I think we can apply so much of that to our parenting. Do we show affection to our kids? Do they know we delight in them? Do they see us spending our time doing things with them that they like? Do they get to see that we enjoy doing things with them that they like? Do we lead them lovingly by example? One obvious way to win the hearts of our children is to play with them. Not all day. I think unstructured and independent playtime is amazing for kids, but we want them to know that we love to play with them. I heard a quote once from Catherine Wallace that said, listen earnestly to anything your children want to tell you, no matter what. If you don't listen eagerly to the little stuff when they are little, then they won't tell you about the big stuff when they're big, because to them, all of it has always been big stuff. I think another easy way to win over the hearts of our children is to just literally explain things to them. You could do the exact same thing without explaining it to your kid and your kid just standing next to you while you do it, or you could explain things to your kid and include them in the process. I like to pretend I'm a homeschool mom even though I don't really plan to homeschool my kids, but I love to act like everything in life is a learning opportunity for them and that we get to teach them because it is a learning opportunity and we are their teachers too. So here's a recent example of this for our family. Last weekend for spring break, we went to Tulsa, which is one and a half hours away from where we live. And we decided to go for just one night and make it seem like a really big deal because to them, it was a really big deal. We usually just think of things as adults through our adult brain and our adult lives, which have seen so much and done so much. But we really can see the world as more magical when you think of it through your kids' eyes and realizing how much they haven't seen or done yet. So my husband and I went all out explaining this trip to them, and they loved it. We said things like, okay, we are going to a hotel. Do you remember what a hotel is? Hotels are big buildings where each family can rent out one of the rooms. The buildings are sometimes so tall, way bigger than our house. When we get there, we'll check in and we'll tell them our name, and they'll give us a key that unlocks only our door. Do you want to try to unlock it? First, they'll tell us our room number, and then we have to find the room with that exact number. Look, we can also use these baggage carriers so we don't have to hold all of our bags. Let's load up all our stuff on it. Do you want to help us push it? Oh, there's the elevator. Do you want to push the button? We go up to go to our room, so we got to push the button on the top. If someone is in the elevator when it gets here, we're going to let them out first before we get in. I know all of this sounds like so many words as you're listening to this podcast, but do you see how it took close the same amount of time to just do those things or to explain those things to our kids? They could have just stood there next to us and I could have told them to be quiet and be still, or I could have just kept talking to them and including them and explaining things to them. This, of course, applies all the more to things at home, too. The other night, I wanted to clean my daughter's backpack And I could have done it by myself, and honestly, I started to do it by myself. But then my daughter's sweet little voice said what she says all the time. Mommy, can I help you? And gosh, I tried never to say no to that. So I got both my kids up on the countertop with me, gave them each a little scrubby brush and some soap, and we were all three cleaning the backpack. 
and they thought it was so great. Water, soap, scrubbing. I could have done it by myself while they watched TV, but instead just bringing them into the moment with me was so magical for them. They were literally smiling and laughing and working hard cleaning that backpack with me. I was so glad when my daughter asked that I didn't tell her no. Similar thing happened the other day. I was filling up our essential oil diffusers in the house and my son asked if he could help me and I said, sure. And he said, okay, hang on a second. Let me go get the measuring cups. And he went to the kitchen to get one of those bigger, pourable measuring cups, which I thought was so cute because I don't even use those when I fill up the diffusers, but I thought it was such a good idea and so sweet and smart that he thought of a way to do it on his own. So he filled it up in the sink Um, with his little step stool and he brought it over to me being so careful so he wouldn't spill it and he poured it into the diffuser and yes he did spill it a little bit but a phrase I always love to use with my kids is it happens it happens it's okay it happens kind of like diffuses the situation where they know they did something that they didn't mean to do or like they broke something or spilled something and like of course they didn't mean to do it so I'm not really like getting them in trouble I just say oh it happens let's get a towel really quick and you can keep going thank you so much for helping me when we picked up the bottle of essential oils, I'm still imagining that I'm teaching him. So I tell him I usually do eight drops. So can you shake it? And each time an oil droplet hits the water, we count. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then I say, okay, there are two buttons on this diffuser. To turn it on, we need to hit the button on the left. Which one is the left? Okay, you're right. Now we need to hit that button two times. Okay, perfect. You did it. Great. Thanks so much for helping me. Can you smell it? It smells so great in here now. I love doing things with you. So that particular situation did take way longer letting him help me, but he learned how to pour the water carefully. He learned what to do when something unexpected happens. He learned how to clean it up. He learned about counting. He learned about left and right. All of these things are just learning and connecting opportunities. And all of these type of situations happen all day, every day, if we let them especially if you're home with your kids and you aren't truly in a hurry, just remind yourself that you're not in a hurry and you don't have to do things on an adult timeline. You can do it on toddler or a young kid's timeline and teach them along the way. We want to teach our kids and show them that we love teaching them and we love being with them. We love spending our time with them. We are building up their confidence in who they are and what they can do. And we have so many opportunities to speak life and truth over them and for them to learn by our example. A similar situation that I talked about on my Instagram recently, my son was helping me cook and I had this arrowroot flour in the Ziploc bag and we were about to use it and he's a four-year-old boy so of course he squeezes that bag and flour just popped out everywhere like an explosion. And where does he look right when that happens? At my face. Your kid probably immediately looks to your face when something bad happens because they want to see how they should react. So I just said, oh, and I covered my mouth and I made kind of a funny face. Okay, it happens. Let's just hop down off the counter real quick and let's clean it up. I'll get the vacuum and the paper towels and we can clean it up. Then we'll keep cooking. And I could sense this feeling of relief that he didn't get scolded because he was obviously a little embarrassed because he knew that he made a huge mess and it was obviously an accident. I don't know that I had ever handed him a Ziploc bag full of flour before. I don't think he had ever squeezed a Ziploc bag full of flour before, but now he has, and now he knows what happens when you do that, and now he knows what happens when we make mistakes. We just deal with it, and then we move on, and the consequence was letting him help me clean it up. We had to pause our cooking and clean up first, because that's what adults do when we spill things on accident. We don't need someone to follow us around and yell at us and tell us how irresponsible we were and how we should have been more careful. 
we just deal with it and we move on. So anyway, I thought I would share that story here on the podcast as a reminder that number one, our kids learn how to respond in situations by how we respond, not just by what we tell them, but in how we react. And it's our job to respond. So we are always teaching them. And that number two, our job to teach our kids is not just always to jump to punishing them. I believe that discipline is not the same thing as punishment. Sometimes I think parents feel obligated to punish and they forget to teach. And I think that's not personally the best way to go about it, especially if they're doing something that they didn't really know was wrong or was an accident. I also go into these conversations sometimes in the moment, but usually I just try to recap things later on. Like my favorite is like the sweet moments before bed or whatever. I'll say something like, oh, I can't believe that bag popped in the kitchen today. What a mess that was, but it's okay. We cleaned it up. How did you feel about that? You're learning. Thanks again for helping me cook tonight. I love cooking with you. And like more general, obvious teaching things we talk about regularly too. Things like, you know, mommy and daddy love you. Even if you do something great or something bad, we love you the same. It's our job to teach you, but we always forgive you and we love helping you learn. That's how God feels about us too. Nothing we could ever do could make us love, make him love us more or less. But we always want to do the right thing and we want to follow Jesus' example and we are always learning. And another thing along these lines that I want to encourage you guys with is the topic of parenting in front of an audience. Like, you know how when your kid does something at home, you can handle it, but maybe if your parents are around or your friends are around or you're in public or something like that, we feel this external pressure or like embarrassment that our kid is acting out in judgment of like, how are we going to respond as a parent? And are we going to get it right? Are we going to say the right things? And I have really tried to just bury that and forget it on purpose because what matters most is that I'm parenting my child in the way that I believe and that I'm true to the relationship I've built with my child, no matter who's listening, whether you think the people around you will think you're being too strict or not strict enough. But if I'm like wishy-washy and acting one way at home and then acting differently out in public, number one, that's confusing to my kid and inconsistent and it won't help them take me seriously and trust me. And number two, if our kid is already dysregulated and acting out, then me not being calm and all of a sudden acting different is going to seem so confusing and maybe scary to them, and it'll likely make it harder for them to find their baseline and calm down. And third, this is my personal opinion, but if I can't parent in public the same way I parent at home, then I probably need to reevaluate the way I'm parenting, you know? And honestly, everyone knows what you're going through. A huge percentage of the adult population are parents, and they get it. They've been there. They are probably not judging you when your kid is acting out. They are probably feel bad for you and remembering the times that they've been in your position. So let's just bury that fear of parenting in public and remember to just be a consistent parent to our kids in those situations too. Sally Clarkson is someone I love to follow and someone I really admire and respect as a parent. She has amazing books and she says this way more eloquently and probably more politely than me, but she says, we are training and loving our kids as an act of worship and stewardship to God. So we are not parenting for performance. She says, much of mainstream parenting advice includes rules and expectations that moms can follow, hoping for an easy formula to make parenting quick and rigid and predictable. But she says, I don't see that in my own relationship with God as my father. He works slowly in my life to train, love, test, teach, and conform me to the image of Christ. Little by little, bit by bit, one lesson at a time. She says, 
When I feel cherished, I am much more likely to give my all, especially when I have time to grow and develop and get rest along the way. And God is that kind of lover. God's whole story with humanity is a love story. Is our parenting a love story? And our kids will see how much we love the Lord because we are modeling it for them and telling them every chance we get. And that will help them have their own desire to have a relationship and love with God in their heart. When we go the extra mile in parenting, it feels good. When we connect with our kids and remember what a blessing they are and what a privilege it is to be their parent. Well, that's all I have for today. I hope these words are a blessing to you. As always, take what you love and forget the rest. Run everything by God (laughs) through your understanding of Him and what He wants for you. Ask Him for parenting advice. And I do have a mom hack tip for you today. My aunt actually taught me this one. She said that she made up songs for her kids to learn their address and phone number when they were little. Just like on the spot, she used my phone number and address to create little songs for my kids, and they learned it so fast. We forget how easy it is to learn things through songs. So I'm just making up a fake little phone number here, not using my real phone number, so I can teach you that song, and you can literally use any song. But let's say 918-427-5589. And I have no idea whose phone number that is, so please don't call it. But you could just make up a song like that. 918-427-5589. My little two-year-old daughter was able to learn my phone number really quickly using this. And another way to practice it is like, you know, sometimes at the register when you're shopping, they ask you for your phone numbers. I'll ask my kid, what's my phone number again? Or like when we check in at their swimming lessons, we type in our phone number and I say, what's my phone number again? And just kind of little ways to just remind them of how they know your phone number. And I will tell them too, like if you're ever not with me and you need to contact me, which they're hardly ever separated from me at this point, but I like to teach them this for safety purposes too. If you're ever not with me and you're with another teacher or a nice mommy that's helping you, you can tell them, I know my mommy's phone number. I know how to call them. And any phone in the whole wide world, if you type in my phone number, 918-427-5589. Then that person, that adult that's helping you, they can find me and my phone will ring. So anyways, that's my mom hack tip for today. And before we go, I would love to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear Lord, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for sending Jesus as an example of how to live here on earth in a way that honors you. Please let us be examples of that for our kids. Let our kids draw near to us and let us all draw near to you. Let all we do be for your glory. Amen. If you love this podcast and want more details of the episodes, subscribe to my email newsletter. I'll send recaps of the podcast and include any written details you might find helpful. When you sign up for my email, you'll receive an instant download PDF of Bible verses for moms. It's a list of basic Bible verses I think will be helpful for moms. Verses you can memorize and apply and speak out in your day-to-day. If you want this free PDF and want to be subscribed to my email, go to my website, CourtneyLundeen.com, and you'll see a link for downloading Bible verses for moms. I'll also link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you love this podcast, would you tell your friends and leave a five-star review? It helps other people find this podcast, and it would mean so much to me. You can also click subscribe, then you'll be automatically notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood. Mm -hmm.